1: The ocean depths begins where you left off. Wonders that defy my powers of description. The secrets that are mine alone
0: Good morning. It's two minutes past nine. You are tuned to one hundred two point seven three Triple R. Time for this week's edition of Radio Marinara. We are the program about all things wet and salty. My name is Bron Burton.
1: My name is Dr. Beach. How are you, Dr. Beach? I'm very well.
0: Good. Good to hear.
1: Nice misty morning. Just driven down from um, Macedon Range. Just lovely bit of mist and fog. It was, felt like winter was coming.
0: <laughs> Not quite yet.
1: Not quite yet.
0: At least we're not heading for another top of 40 degrees.
1: Nah. It's gone, I hope.
0: <laughs> hey, thank you very much, Tim, for uh, Vital Bits. Thank you very much, Andrew, for Soulful Bits. Thank you very much, Edith, for things to do today. You can catch, uh, at the very least, Tim next Saturday and Sunday and Andrew on Sunday and uh, hopefully Edith as well. This is Marinara. We do this every week. We broadcast about the seas and the oceans of the world. And uh, on our program today, shortly, we'll have uh, Brett Ditchfield in, our very own cabin boy. Brett brings us a sailing report and uh, diary of a cabin boy. Hey, Brett, I'm going to put you straight on the mic.
2: Oh, I'm not ready. Oh. <laughs> Brett, Brett's in.
0: He's sitting here, so I thought, why not?
2: I need a uh, theme song to kind of uh, yeah. Oh, really? get me ready. Yeah, oh, we, we can work, work on that. that. That's
0: so, okay. Yeah. Um, what are you going to be talking about this time
2: round? Well... People, you know, hark back to the days of sail when uh, three-masted schooners and all that with uh, the wind jammers and the clipper ships and delivering cargo and, and that. But that's actually a real thing now that it's starting to come back. So okay. there's quite a few companies around delivering cargo by just pure wind, really. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of yet to be decided if it's a utopian dream or whether they can actually make any money out of it. But... uh such as uh, there's a boat called Greyhound. A family owns it. It's their livelihood. They live on it. And 108-foot, um, three-mastered lugger. She was built in 2012 and she runs uh, organic wine from France across the English Channel and uh, other organic ale from Devon and that. So she's awesome. m- making a bit of a living.
0: We might hold off the rest of that until we get you on after our first track.
2: Oh. Is that all right? In, yeah, <laughs> fine. You, the starter gun went off and I was off and running. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <right>, yeah. <laughs>
0: It was more to ask you for a summary of what you're going to talk about, but that's cool. And
2: we're going to talk about a few of the wooden boat festivals coming up too. Brilliant.
3: And the latest on the rebuild
0: of the Alma Dopel.
2: Yes, and it's only five minutes past nine.
3: (laughs) Excellent. Thanks,
0: I love it. Brett. <laughs> Thanks for the time check too. We're going to also be joined um, by Fum Sharko, who is actually down in Lawn. She's not giving us a plastic literacy report. She's giving us a surf report. She's live on location where she's been taking part in a surf clinic for women run by professional longboarder Emma Webb. Um, then we will be joined by uh, Natalie Davey, uh, who is here to talk to us about Pelican. And this is, you'd be hopefully familiar with the Pelican. It's a 62-foot catamaran, purpose-built as a floating classroom. It's recently returned to Western Port from the south coast of New South Wales. So we'll be talking to her about the Pelican and um, the work that they've got coming up as part of the Two Bays program. And then Dr Beach. Uh,
1: yeah, to close the show, we've got Dr Chloe Leach coming in uh, from the University of Melbourne Geography Department to tell us about a new citizen science project that she's that she's doing um, called Coast Snap. I'm looking forward to hearing this very much, but in in short, in brief, it's um, she's encouraging people to take photographs of their local beach, um, where they hang out around the coast over time, I think, and submit them to a database or to Chloe and she's taking all these data and making, um, well, Doing stuff with it, we're cool. going to find out from Chloe herself at about quarter to um, quarter to the hour of ten o'clock, or Brilliant. maybe a little bit after that.
0: Exactly what yeah. that is. Yeah. We're going to have a very quick look at the weather coming up for the week, and then what I neglected to mention at the start of the show is we're having a, a bit of a spontaneous dive report with Terry Allen, who is down. She's actually getting ready to dive in a second, but there's been some development over the last sort of fifteen hours of, or so. Before we do that, let's just do the weather.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, twenty-five degrees today, mostly sunny um less than one millimeter of rain it's going to be tomorrow it's going to be 28 a little bit of rain throughout the week Braun. it's um yeah less than one millimeter tomorrow but it's looking like 10 to 20 mils on tuesday fantastic mm-hmm. storms likely 23 degrees um and then wednesday 21 thursday 21 friday 19 so yeah not getting hot cooling well sat next saturday going to be 23 we think but um yeah Tuesday and Wednesday, maybe a little bit of rain. That'll be nice. Mm. If you're heading out on the water, you'll want to know what's happening with the tides um, at Williamstown. They're only telling me about Williamstown here this morning in the Sunday Age. Um, it's going to be low tide. Well, it's high tide ten minutes ago at Williamstown. Mm-hmm. There you go. And it's going to be low tide at about three thirty.
0: Maybe we should ask Terry Allen what the tides are doing down at the heads because I reckon she'll know. She's down there right now. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Bron. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Hey, can we start with the tide report? What time are we looking at for um, high tide, low tide and slack
4: at the heads today? Oh, dear. So I don't have
1: exact time. We don't don't like putting people on the spot or anything here.
4: No, no, not at all. No, but what I can say is I'm here at Mornington Pier, uh, which I'm I'm sure all your listeners uh, know about. So it's halfway down the bay. So when it's high tide up at uh, Williams Town, it's a little bit delayed here. But all I can say is if the dog knows mornington pier well the water is up over the step at the end oh, and I know that'll mean something so that's it's high, high. high tide. Hmm. Yeah. And the water looks clear and it looks pretty good. So uh, we've got a strong south easterly blowing but we're nice and protected in in here. That to go off and do some advanced cave training under the pier.
0: Oh, fantastic.
4: What does that involve? <laughs> Uh, Doing lots of nasty things, (laughs) torturing (laughs) the students.
1: Ripping people's regulators out of their mouth and showing how they they cope.
4: Um uh, yeah, yeah, the usual. But I, while they're doing that,
0: I'll I hope to look around and see some nice fish. <laughs> I noticed on the socials last night there was some planned clean-up dives happening today and um, Jackie Younger spoke to us about them last week and um, they've put up a, a call out that they're cancelling them because of those massive winds that are coming up and suggested people stay at home or if they really feel the need to, to get wet. I guess Mornington Pier looks like an option, but also um, they suggested a really nice sort of snorkel around at Ricketts Point or something like that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Anything north would be okay. Brighton, you know, South Road. There'll be east, east or east, southeast, please. Probably want to check out the webcams and stuff first. Um, down south might be all right, Rye and such. It depends how much south and how much east it is, but um, I'm not sure. So okay. yeah, obviously check your webcams before you head, head down anywhere, but Mornington is, is absolutely fine.
0: Now, the other reason we wanted to talk to you was about something that you posted on our Facebook um, post that we put up last night about today's show, about a three-metre bronze whaler shark. Tell us about this.
4: Yeah, well, um, this uh, was put up um, by a friend of mine, Matt Testoni. He's a brilliant uh, underwater photographer. And uh, so he does a lot of diving and he, um, you know, you can kind of believe what he says. Um, But, yeah, he says it was a three-meter, which sounds pretty big to me, but I think any sort of bronze wire would be interesting. Uh, And I think, I can't remember, I said, they were there at night, but he said, don't go by yourself and probably don't go at night. Um, But a big... It did the classic, you know, pectoral fins down, very aggressive, came within about 30 centimetres of them. So really buzzed them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, normally, of course, divers would be pretty excited to see a shark, especially in Melbourne. It's not very common. Um, but, yeah, he said it was bloody scary.
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> three-metre bronze whale buzzing you within 30 centimetres, definitely. And where was that again?
4: <laughs> that was um, actually in... Uh, that was under Black Aury Pier. Yeah, so getting yeah, fairly close amazing. to the action. Um, um, and, and other friends have been diving at Rye, and the Australasian huge schools of Australasian salmon are back uh, the bay trout, Spotty, um, and like hundreds of them. You get beautiful schools of them under the pier, you can see them by snorkeling or diving. And other years, I don't know this year, but other years we have actually had Wobbegong sharks that come in oh. and sit there, and, um, and you get to see them if you're very lucky reach up and snap and grab a salmon so we don't know whether the bronzes are probably i know they chase the schooling fish which probably would be this (coughs) she's meant the salmon um yeah so it's good to see melbourne with a bit of sort of bigger action like that
0: oh definitely there's lots of action going on hey thanks for that terry that was really great good to uh, catch up with you and um Um,
4: i'm also just in a couple of weeks speaking of cabin boy etc um we're heading off to New Zealand. We're going to be sailing um, around the uh, around the Bay of Islands, so I can maybe manage some sort of sailing report in a few weeks' time. Oh, well, that
2: sounds crap! <laughs> Definitely need a sailing report for that one. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I just thought I'd throw that yeah, in. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks I, Terry. You know, I tried to be multi, multi-faceted
0: with saltwater. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, there's several thousand people very jealous right now. So, um, <laughs> hey, have a great dive and stay safe. And, um, yeah, please report back if there's any, anything in particular that you see that, uh, you know, might interest us and our listeners and we'll put that on our Facebook page. Sure.
4: No worries at all, Bron.
0: Thanks, Terry. Catch you soon. See ya. Bye. There you go. Terry
1: Allen, but yeah, all sorts of exotic places. Yeah, I want to do that. Cruise around the Bay of
2: Islands.
0: <laughs> it would be pretty nice. Have you done that, Brett?
2: No, been in New Zealand a fair bit, but never up to there because yeah. But I thought she was sailing across the Tasman. I was going to yeah. say that's a big, uh, big undertaking. I've
0: dived at the Bay of Islands oh. years ago. It was pretty nice.
2: Mm, yeah. I can imagine.
0: Now I'm making people jealous. Yeah. All right. Let's go to a track. Before we do, hey, big shout-out to Richard Watts for sending some footage our way. There's a couple of uh, bits of footage of octopuses doing pretty cool things, one which is actually from a few years ago but an octopus that filmed its own escape. Mm. Have, have you seen this one where it grabs the camera of, um, of, a, of a diver who's actually filming it and then nicks off with the camera and manages to film the entire Selfie. thing? Selfie. <laughs> yeah. There's another one which has resurfaced uh, just recently and I think the footage was from... Um, maybe back in 2008, but definitely worth looking at again, of an Indonesian mimic octopus escaping a crab. And this um, this octopus is these sort of spectacular black and white stripes. And then the second it sees the crab coming for it, it just turns into just sheer black. It's just, you know, split Gone. second. Incredible. So we're going to put those both on our Facebook page so that you can enjoy them too.
1: Hi, this is Tony Barber. Do you like fish? or maybe marine invertebrates?
4: Listen to Radio Maranara for all things wet and salty.
1: Sundays at 9am on 102.7 3
0: Tony Barber. That was a blast from the past. Thanks, Nerida.
5: I feel, like,
1: I feel like putting my slacks on.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel the need to present you with a diamond stick pin from Bruce and Walsh. (laughs) There's a a certain demographic that will understand that reference.
2: I wonder what happened to all those diamond (laughs) stick (gasps) mementos too.
0: There should be a band called the Diamond Stick Pins from (laughs)
2: Bruce and Walsh.
0: Or not. Hey, Brett. Cabin Boy.
2: Good morning. We're
0: going to start again. Well, we've sort of done about a third of your segment. Well,
2: you know, before I was rudely interrupted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Diary for Cabin Boy, maybe for people who are listening for the, you know, maybe didn't catch you last time you were here,
2: mm-hmm. you are our sailing reporter. Sailing, maritime, all kinds of things above the water, really. Mm-hmm. Now, why, I started off talking about cargo boats and how we're coming back, but that's linking in with um, next weekend, it's the inaugural annual Williamstown Seaport Festival, and there's going to be quite a few um, tall ships there. Oh. So that's where I'm heading. So, yeah. So, Saturday, Feb 29th uh, to the Sunday, SeaWorks uh, 82 Nelson Place in Williamstown. Um, so, there's going to be the James Craig down from Sydney, the Enterprise, and the Young Endeavour. You get to cruise them. You can pop onto the uh, Steve Irwin because uh, that's more there permanently now, I think. Mm. And also, you can get uh, access to all the yacht clubs down there and the boat um, yards. So, um, and normally you've got to spend a lot of money to get into these boat yards because normally you're fixing something broken on a boat. Okay. This next weekend, you can do it for free. You oh. can just wander in. So it's free. It's fr- I think it may be free. Check uh, check. Uh, jump on to the uh, Williamstown Seaport Festival and see. Okay. But this is the only time you're going to get into some of these little iconic kind of maritime places. So, um, and if you are going, definitely go to Blunt's Boatyard. It's like a step back in time. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty amazing. Cool. So that's why I'm going to talk about cargo boats because yep. they are slightly making a comeback. It's um. There's a, a shipping company called Tre Hombre Shipping, and that's got two ships. It's mainly in the States and, and Europe, and it seems to be kind of small, kind of high-end products. So they're shipping it across, and it's part of the um, part of the advertising for the product too, so homemade stuff and that. And they pull into ports, so kind of like a farmer's market. It's kind okay. of that little cachet, you know, it's emissions-free, so therefore, you know, it's a lot better than the competition and that. So. Yeah. So I don't know whether they're turning a profit, but what they're also doing is taking trainees on board Mm. and paid. So they're making a little bit of money that way. But who knows where it'll go with uh, what's happening in the world today. And um, there's another company, Sail Cargo. They're building a 45-metre training scooter called Ciba um, in Costa Rica. Now, you'd say, why Costa Rica? Well, Costa Rica they operate on a 99% emissions free for their national power so they're very very friendly for this so they're building in the like a little jungle kind of boatyard using local timbers and all that can you say that again this is from the website. This is, this is pretty significant. So Costa Rica operate on a 99% emission free for their national power. Wow. Now, we may need to fact check that because that was off one website. Okay. So, yeah. No, but that's they, about right. That's they just, have? Yeah. They've, yeah. Yeah,
6: they've aimed for 100% renewable mm. for everything. Wow.
2: And they've got a fair bit of legislation <laughs> in place to support all environmentally um, kind of sensitive projects, hence why they're building this boat in Costa Rica. So, wow. Uh, That will be interesting Mm to see. Um, Just a little aside for that, in the 2018 uh, Golden Globe race, a whiskey company uh, sponsored one of the entrants, put a little whiskey barrel worth, I don't know, $20,000 on it. It's aged seven years, single malt, and the race was supposed to go for seven months. They ran into a storm (gasps) and abandoned ship. (laughs) (laughs) So somewhere in the Indian Ocean... Is a boat, a yacht floating around with a probably $20,000 barrel oh, of whiskey on it. So, that's what um, they told you. That's what they told us, yeah. <laughs> so, probably, uh, they
6: probably drank it It's probably they left. a long, long drunk.
2: <laughs> well, no, apparently, they gave the, on the boat, they also gave him a couple of bottles of whiskey, so he didn't tap into the barrel. So, yeah. So there's quite a few um, salvage companies doing the sums, whether it's worth it, to uh, head into the Indian Ocean to try and recover this boat. Do they have any idea where it is? Oh, I'm sure. Well, because must- of, I think there would be a GPS tracker on yeah. it. Yeah. But um.
6: But how long ago was it?
2: Uh, that was 2018. So okay. yeah. Often two boats get kind of abandoned and then they just get washed up somewhere eventually. So right. yeah. So hard to know. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind
0: <laughs> um, of the modern day treasure hunt, isn't it? Really? It
2: is a little bit with a yeah, and then. What do you do with it? Yeah, do you drink it on the way back to celebrate or uh, not? Mm, It's a hard one. I know. Depends on what... Where you were at, I suppose. Well, yeah. It, and like being at sea, if it was rum, perhaps, but it's whiskey. You know. yeah. That's to be drunk on land, surely. I don't know. I could make, make an exception do. for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got to mention the same uh, time next week as the Williamstown Festival is also the P- – oh, it's not next week, it's two weeks away – the Painesville Classic Boat Rally up in Paynesville. Ah, okay. So uh, it's quite a big one. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great to get a lot of people up there, as you said, to support the uh, local businesses for the bushfire too. So uh, it's all going ahead, and it's quite a massive one. So it's really good. I think it's a third or fourth year running. So and
1: they called it the, the a boat rally, classic boat rally, classic boat rally. Mm. But the
2: word rally and boats doesn't really, for me. Like a, it's like go. a, no, no, like like a I'm car rally. cars or something. But well, you're,
3: thinking, you're, you're not it be a looking regatta?
6: at, the, at the, the meaning of the word rally uh, apart from car.
2: As a gathering. Yeah, as a gathering. Yes. You yes. need a seafaring term, though. Like, Do you think uh, of, like a political regatta? rally
6: is about cars?
2: Regatta's kind of uh, more about uh, rowing, well, isn't it? I guess not, <laughs> Nerida. <now>,
6: no.
2: <laughs> well, what it is, they're in the uh, centre of town and then they will have a sail pass. So there's uh, a bit of a okay. rally yep. there. Yep. So a lot of boats are sailing up and down. There's the little Raymond Island, is it? Between? Yeah, so it's perfect to watch some of these. Uh, Painesville. Painesville, yep, yep. yeah. So amazing boats. So that's happening. And then the week after, uh, 6th of March, uh, is the Geelong Wooden Boat Festival. Oh, yes. So get on down there. So uh, that's good too. That's at the Royal Geelong Yacht Club. It's kind of a yacht club thing, but whereas the Painesville one is a community thing. So, but it's still a collection of boats to come and look at. So yeah, we, yeah.
0: we actually crossed to Hobart last year to speak with you at the, the Wooden Boat Festival in Hobart. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a similar sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I reckon if I can call in from Painesville because I can give you an update of what's happening up there community-wise too and uh, what's going on with the boat. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. So, so that will be, yeah, the uh, 28th of March.
0: Nice. Now, before we let you go, we did talk about the Alma Dopel and to give a little update on what's happening.
2: Well, that's also an old trading boat that was, um, I think she's about 101 years old. She's Australia's oldest tall ship. She's getting renovated or um, put back together down at the Docklands. So they're after some money so you can donate to buy a plank to get it planked. And they're hoping to get her back into the water launched this year. And it'll be a couple of years before they get the uh, masts and rigging and all up. But, uh, I love yeah. that
0: idea of buying a plank. Yeah, buying like, a plank. Like, like you might buy brick or something like that. Exactly.
2: So, yeah. um, But you can wander down there. It's down uh, South Wharf Drive, and she's just right on the um, the hard stand there next to the, the steam tug waddle. And there's a little wooden boat um, kind of building shop there too. You can wander in. They'll, they'll have a chat with you for sure. So, uh, But we'll have more about the Oma Doppel when she gets closer to her launching right. date.
0: It's a significant thing, too. Oh, yeah. A lot of buzz starting to build about this one already.
2: Well, there's a lot of buzz about um, historic wooden boats, too, now it seems to be. It's yeah. So, uh, yeah, it seems to be getting bigger, so it sounds good.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Brett. It's a pleasure. I enjoyed that diary entry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, well catch hopefully, yeah, catch you next week or ne- next month from Painesville. Yeah, awesome.
5: Estamos escuchando Radio Marinada en 3RRR.
0: And indeed you are And we are now crossing to Lawn To speak with Fum Sharko Not for a plastic literacy report But to talk about a surf clinic for women Which she's taking part in Run by professional longboarder Emma Webb Good morning Fum.
6: Good morning everyone How are you doing this morning? Very well, how are you? I'm very excited Uh, Even though I'm I'm looking at the waves And it's it's looking kind of choppy And we've got a strong uh, onshore wind But uh, I'm ready
1: You're ready to be schooled from (laughs) in surfing, in the the finer
6: arts. (laughs) Yes, um, it's going to be quite exciting, actually, because I've never met Emma before until today, um, but, of course, heard of her credentials and uh, amazing skill as a longboarder. So I was uh, very excited um, to come across this clinic, really by chance, uh, by meeting some other women in the lineup uh, at Torquay a few weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to get into the water.
0: Now, we're going to hopefully get um, Emma into the studio. We're going to talk a little bit about this um, off-air. But I did want to ask you about Emma, um, professional longboarder. Can you give us a quick snapshot of who she is and, um, and some of the great things that she's done?
6: Well, she's been around for quite a while. She's a uh, professional longboarder from Jantuck. Um, So, you know, born and raised on the surf coast, as far as I know. And, uh, yeah, she no, it, it kind of seems that where, whenever she enters a longboard competition, she takes out the women's title. Um, that's kind of what it feels like when I've, you know, read up about her a little bit. I think the last one she did was in 2019, uh, the Open um, Stand-up paddleboard competition uh, held at 13th Beach. Um, So where she took out uh, uh, all of the longboard um, titles that she entered into and also the stand-up paddleboarding uh, women's division. Wow. I'm very, very excited to uh, learn from her for sure.
0: So what's happening in the surf clinic this weekend? What have you got lined up?
6: well it's it's quite small. she doesn't really advertise it, so I think I just outed her but um <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite small so there's only going to be for four women in the clinic, so she's done one yesterday and then and then today it's my turn with my friends uh, and two other women and it's really just looking at um the style so she teaches uh, long borders as well as short borders um and as far as I know, we're just really going to look at how to read the waves um Uh, it's going to be quite tailored as well to to your level um there's a few beginners in here um, and then there's a person like me who's trying to get out of the beginner stage into intermediate and failing dismally so hopefully uh, i'll pick up a few tips and tricks here that will uh, yeah really take it to the next level so that's my hope for today
0: Fantastic. Uh, well, all the very best, and I hope it goes well. And um, we'll talk offline about uh, trying to organise for Emma to come in, um, particularly with International Women's Day around the corner, and uh, hopefully line up something there. And we'll have yeah, you in stu- and we'll have you in studio shortly, um, to um, to pick up where we left off in terms of plastic literacy.
6: Absolutely. Hopefully, I won't find any on the beach today, but I will be looking. Be sure.
0: <laughs> Always looking. Fabulous. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Stay safe, and we'll um, we'll catch you soon. See you next time. Okay, bye. Farm Sharko there down at Lawn.
1: Beautiful Lawn. Mm. Good day, John Clark. Here, when I want
2: to learn about all things wet and salty, which is a pretty much constant desire on my part, I tune into Radio Marinara Sunday mornings at nine a.m. on one hundred and two point seven three Triple R.
0: coming up to 9.35 and yes indeed you are listening to 3 R and Radio Marinara is the name of this program. Now what a wonderful boat is the Pelican, the 62 foot catamaran purpose built as a floating classroom. It's just recently returned to Western Port from the New South Wales south coast. Wasting no time kicking off Two Bays 2020 there's a huge program lined up of water testing, primary school marine education, journeys to sea country more citizen science programs and you can poke a set of calipers at and even a twilight cruise coming up next weekend. better book fast for for that one, to tell us all about it. We're absolutely delighted to welcome back to Triple R and to Marinara from Pelican One, Natalie Davey. Good morning, Natalie.
5: Good morning. So Thanks great for to, having me. So great to have you here. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. It's nice to be here at the beginning of a program rather than the end as well so I can talk about <laughs> things coming up. Excellent. Now, yeah. we um,
0: we actually crossed paths on Wednesday night, and I meant to mention this at the start of the program, but the um, the fundraiser event called Comic Relief, which we've plugged a fair bit in the last couple of weeks, um, Bushfire Relief for Gippsland Emergency Relief Fund and Wildlife Victoria, and you
5: were there. And oh, Brent. I was so happy to be there. Yes, I, I, I caught the first half and then it was a day at sea kind of did me in and so I had <laughs> yeah. to, to leave halfway. But that wasn't due to the fact that, you know, I, I wasn't enjoying it. It was such a beautiful evening and everyone was so warm and just especially the beginning, I think your MC was just perfect with Brian Curvis bringing everyone together for such a good cause. So. He's, he is
0: the ultimate MC, I think. Yeah, he was pretty good. <laughs> I can't good. think of anyone <laughs> I've ever seen who's been better than Brian.
2: He had the uh, favourite joke for my wife of the night. Uh, <laughs> it was, how does Bert Newton introduce his wife to the butcher? Meet patty.
0: I actually missed that. I was was running around a bit behind the scenes, so I missed (laughs) that one. But,
2: But, hey, big props to you, um, uh, Mary and... um, Lisa. Lisa, yeah, because it was a fantastic evening. And uh, full room and everyone was... Oh, you just... There was a lot of love in the room. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thank yes.
0: you. Well, thanks to you for coming too, Brett. It was it was awesome. And if you missed it, um, I can't say we can show you or a podcast because it was one of those things. If you weren't there, you missed it. But. Um if you were there and you're listening, thank you very much for coming. And um, we raised, in the end, $18,000 for wow. those two charities. So those well good yes. charities. But, yeah, amazing. Yeah,
5: no, no, I don't want applause. It was just it was just great to be there. Well, it was also nice to learn a little bit more <laughs> about the Gippsland group, which I didn't really know about. So that was lovely to get that history at the beginning as well. So
0: I think it's important too, particularly in the current, and we, we've got to talk about the Pelican, yeah. but um, <laughs> in the current um, time when, you know, there is some question and 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 healthy scepticism about fundraising and where the money goes and Mm. we really wanted to um introduce people to Mm. someone from Gippsland Emergency Relief Fund to you know give them some reassurance that yes don't worry all this money is going directly to people who need it let's go to Pelican and firstly Mm. congratulations this is the uh, 15th birthday of two bays
5: yes (laughs) it's all
0: intricately intricately connected can you talk us through a little bit about how Pelican sits with two bays and and how it all works together.
5: Well, we originally, 20 years ago, we built Pelican 1 in Docklands. And in fact, uh, earlier Brett mentioned the Alma de Pelle. And the Alma de Pelle at that stage was sort of half sinking in front of the um, wonderful big warehouse that we built, uh, Shed 19, uh, that we built Pelican in. Um, So we built her, it took six years and our aim was to sort of connect communities with marine research, marine education and uh, so it was like exactly as you described it, a floating sea classroom. So initially when we launched it, the, the building process was so kind of massive that at the end we thought, oh my god, we've climbed that mountain, now we've got a boat. Now, how do we get her out and connect her to people? And uh, in Melbourne, our first uh, project was kind of led by us approaching Parks Victoria, who at that stage had just announced the marine park system in Victoria. And we thought, well, this might be a nice way. They're talking about stakeholder engagement. Why don't we use Pelican One to connect with the marine parks and work with Parks Victoria, who knows so much about them? So they they were our initial partner 16 years ago and we then also partnered with the EPA who were also interested in developing water quality machines that collected water continuously rather than just their eight or nine bases they have around um, Port Phillip Bay and Western Port. So those two players came on board and then over the years it's just been like a galaxy of people have come on board. It's just interesting that every year is a slightly different focus. We'll often pick up on what science is happening and we'll use that in our as part of our engagement. So what has really developed over the last particularly 10 years was a partnership with the Catholic uh, Education Department and they funded their primary schools. So every year, like this year we have about 17 schools coming on board and it's mainly primary grades 5 to 6, so we do also work years 9, 10 and sometimes 11, but the main focus has been primary students. So we've developed a program around ocean literacy, working with Harry and Jane Bridal, who are probably quite well known to your listeners perhaps. Yes, uh, definitely. Harry's been teaching marine education. I think this year he mentioned on board for 50 years. <gasps> wow. So we've been doing it fifteen years. Harry's been doing it fifty. So 50. <laughs> we've got a few more years to get going. So yeah, so it was interesting hearing the Alma de Pel because boats are long have long interesting histories and stories and the Alma de Pel has one too. So it's interesting hearing uh, we were in contact with them and in fact talked about developing marine education together because the tall ships were coming together to do more focus around marine education and Alma de still has that thinking in its sights when she eventually gets afloat again.
0: I mentioned you've um, been on the New South Wales south coast with the Pelican and you were there at the time of the fires.
5: No, I oh, wasn't. The captain was. Right, okay. No, I was just worried on the end of the phone trying to communicate to the Pelican because communications went down That's in Bermagui. Right for quite a long period of time. And, in fact, the fires are kind of present on Pelican in Melbourne because you lift up something and there's just soot and all the kind of mud and guck that that were coming over the boat as she waited out in the harbour. So at one stage the town was evacuated, so quite a few, probably about 20 people came and just waited on Pelican rather than leave the town. Because Pelican was all stocked, ready to go and if there'd been an ember attack she would have just sailed off.
0: Yeah. There were a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Let's um. So and so after that all ended, she's come down to Melbourne. Yes. And 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 so we're now captains launching... in
5: one piece. Pelicans in one piece. That's and great. Yeah. <laughs> so let's um. Let's talk
0: about this. The programs that are coming up because you've got a huge program a right in front of, of you. What's yeah. what's coming up for? And this is all part of Two Bays, isn't it?
5: Yeah. Well, I'll first mention if you go onto the um, Saltwater Projects website, um, there's a A current list of all the things that we're doing. Um, But what I'll mention um, on radio is there's opportunities for people to get on board. Um, And there's probably about four main opportunities and one being the Twilight Sale that you just mentioned. And that's a bit of a fundraiser for um, saltwater projects and and the boat and that's on the 22nd of Feb from Gem Pier at about 6. But there's two other events. We're also very, um, we just love citizen science. So citizen science is just a brilliant way of connecting people not only to the environment but also literally connecting collecting data from that environment and particularly marine and um, as you probably know marine environments don't have that many eyes on them so the more people we can attract to kind of when they're swimming or when they're diving to actually be looking for certain things or um, it's incredibly helpful for that environment so Parks Victoria is running two events as part of Two Bays, one on Mud Islands uh, on March the 2nd, and the second uh, citizen science event is in Westernport going out to Barillier Island, and that's on the March the 15th. Where's um, Where's Island? Yeah, I was going to say, I've
1: never heard of that no. in Westernport.
5: Uh, Barillier Island is kind of just off uh, French island it's between Hastings, like you have to sail out from Hastings and I'm trying to, I'm, I, if I was a good parks person, I'd give you the exact coordinates, but I can't. <laughs> that's, that's okay. But so, I know, so that, that's top, see, top I know top that you can see the refinery. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of top, yeah, right. But you can look out and, but it's really amazing. And so one amazing thing about getting, having a boat is, and also where we are here in Melbourne, is in A few seconds you can be out and suddenly you're in wilderness Mm. so we can sail out from hastings and you're in a place that you haven't heard of and like mud islands some people haven't heard of mud islands which is kind of a good thing because it's very i mean all these places are quite special and magic but you go out there and they're a home for shorebirds swans you see seals playing you'll see dolphins uh they're just they've just got so much life on them and but you look out and you can see the refinery from you know blue scope steel just across the way. So it's very interesting environment there on Western Port. Are you looking for volunteers to help with your work? We have been I have been on a little bit of a search for people to shadow Harry Bridal because okay. there's not many people that do active environmental education at sea. Um, and he's rather good at it. So, <laughs> it, I've, I, so you, want,
1: you want people to learn from Harry? Yeah, How just to come and shadow and, and
5: also share his their knowledge. So there's a lot of environmental science students. So I already have a couple of people that are coming on and shadowing. But if someone hears me talking and going, oh, I wouldn't mind an experience on the pelican, that is a way to get on when we're doing our schoolwork. So we run um, a C-classroom. I think we're working up until about March 16. So, yeah, there's an opportunity if you contact me um, to get on board. Uh, Yeah, we've had Deakin students in the past. Uh, We had a young Year 10 student who's interested in environmental science come on just on Friday who loved it. So, yeah. It's great. That's awesome. Is there still space for schools to take part in the program if they haven't already signed up? Mm, or are you a bit mm, full? We're a bit full, but maybe. Okay. There might be one day <laughs> left. Yeah, yeah it, it, it got, very fill, got filled up very fast this year.
0: Yeah. Now, you've brought in a little audio clip for us. Yes. Which we, I nearly forgot to play. Thank you, Nerida, for prompting me there.
5: Yeah, um, and I'd like to mention this. I will be taking sound walks with this at the Geelong Nature Forum, which is coming up at the end of March. I think it's the uh, March the 28th, um, and it's called the Where the Rivers Run. But uh, during uh, the Festival of Sales, which has just happened down at Geelong, uh, we had... Um, the opportunity to use this sound walk with people, members of community who are just coming down to have fun and watch the the, the uh, racing on the water in Corio Bay. So uh, a friend of mine, Kate Daddo and myself worked for a few months researching Geelong history and marine and maritime history and we put together a sound walk which was easily accessible. It was just half an hour along the foreshore in front of the carousel and down out along Cunningham Pier. So here's a little snippet uh, of that sound work which you can hear. Also, we will be down, if you want to visit the Pelican, we're also down there for the Wooden Boat Festival that uh, Brett mentioned um, and the organisers of that really put into my mind this is such a strong community festival. Like yeah, they've got it sounds wonderful. Lot. Yeah, so that's a great place to come down and see a lot of interesting boats. What we might do, Natalie, is go out with this um, and because uh, we have your special
0: guest um, coming in shortly, Dr Beach.
1: But oh, well, Yes, we do. We have Chloe Leach coming on very soon to talk about citizen science, which Excellent. you were talking about.
5: Right. Wonderful. Right. One other thing you wanted to mention? Just quickly, I just want to say there's an IPEN conference coming up in Hawaii in Honolulu. It's in July this year. I really want to encourage any teachers out there who are interested in marine education or researchers, uh, it's the IPMAN Conference, which is the International Pacific Marine Educators Network, a terrific network which connects people all around the Pacific from Samoa, Fiji, Hawaii, America, Chile, and Australia. So please do have a look for we'll that put, itmen.net
0: we'll put a link to that on our facebook page as well yeah. as well as a link to pelican um it's a very long pelican Squarespace blah blah oh, yeah. blah so i'll just put a link to that on our facebook just Google page you can find it there, or you can do that instead <laughs> yeah. thanks for coming in natalie yeah. we'll play this little sound grab thanks and, uh, for having me we'll have you in again soon thank you awesome
2: hi this is wayne lynch and you're listening to radio marinara on three triple r You certainly are. It's
1: 9.52. Coming up to 9.53, I'm joined in the studio by Bron Burton. And we also have Dr. Chloe Leach here. Chloe Leach is a postdoctoral researcher in the Geography Department at the University of Melbourne. And we were talking a little bit about citizen science before with with Natalie. Um, Chloe has got together something called CoSnap. So rather than me describing it, Chloe... Um, can you tell us what Coastsnap it? Well, first of all, welcome. Thank you for <laughs> Thank coming you into the studio. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's a complete pleasure. Coast Snap. What is it?
3: Um, so CoastSnap is a community-based beach monitoring program where we're asking people to just take photographs of the beach from phone cradles that we've set up. And when they send them in to us, they we can collate all of the images and look at how the shoreline is changing over time. And it was actually a program that was developed up in New South Wales by Dr Mitchell Harley. And they've got a lot of sites um, around Australia and beyond. but. The one we've set up in Inverloch is the very first one in Victoria, so it's very exciting.
1: Okay, so you've got, you've, so people are taking photographs of um, their local, well, not quite their local beach, mm-hmm. but one in particular at the moment, Inverloch. So you've got yes. a cradle set up for people to put their smartphones on, or
3: yes, yeah. So it's it's just a metal phone cradle. Um, there's some signage next to it to explain what we're doing and and how you submit your photos. They just take the photograph with their smartphone and either email it to us or send it to our social media and that's that's really as simple as it is
1: the fir- my first Kind of thought with this that if you're interested in the geography department of what's happening to the coast in inverloch why not just have your own camera there which is taking photographs
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess i'm because you
0: can't afford to keep replacing cameras <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes and um you know it'd be a lot of traveling down to inverloch and this right, is the okay, first site cool. of many so i'm working with delp now to expand the program across the state of victoria um, so it would, it would be a lot of time for me to, to pop along. <laughs>
1: and much better to have people involved, people absolutely. who are down there, they must love it. I think to, to have this sense of you know, being able to monitor their own coastline, send the data off to somebody who's going to do something with it.
3: Yes, absolutely. It's really nice to have the community involved and to have that conversation with them about what's happening in that local area and almost have that educational aspect with it as well.
1: Why Infolog?
3: So Inverloch's part of one of my study areas for the postdoc that I'm working on that you mentioned before. Um, It's an area that's highly dynamic and since around 2012, 2013, it's it's seen a lot of erosion of Surf Beach, which is one of its main tourist beaches. But that sand's been moved along and there's other areas of deposit closer to Anderson's Inlet just there. And I'm really interested in why that's happened. We don't know a lot about why that erosion has happened in that area at that time and being able to monitor it means that we might be able to to manage what's going on there better.
0: How far ahead are New South Wales, Chloe, with the work that they were doing, you said that they, they've they kind of started
3: this? Yes, yeah, it's been going for quite a few years now up in New South Wales and as I say they've got, got a number of really prominent sites up there, um, North Narrabeen and, and Collaroy have been in the news lately with all of the, the storms that have been going down the east coast. But they've also expanded beyond. So I, I think the most recent one was put in uh, New Zealand. Um, there's, there's some over in America, some in the UK. Um, so they're, they're quite advanced with with their development of it at the moment, yeah.
0: And they're starting to see some trends over time and with certain factors that are maybe influencing sand movement.
3: Yeah, they are, absolutely. Um, and like I was saying, with the storm events that have been happening down the East Coast, they've been able to track the impact those storms have had on the shoreline position. And over time now, they'll see how much of that sand begins to return to the beach.
1: So this is your, your postdoc geography department, Melbourne Uni. This is what you're studying, is the change in coastlines around Australia?
3: Um, mainly along Victoria, yeah. the Victorian coast. I'm part of the Victorian Coastal Monitoring Program um, and the numerical modelling side, which is, is my, my primary role, is... Um, yeah, that's what I'm working on. <laughs> and so
1: postdoc, you've got your PhD, and I understand you got that in the United Kingdom. Was that I did, yeah. A similar area?
3: Yes, yeah. So for my PhD, I also looked at, at coastal modelling and how beaches and shorelines change over time, over a much longer time period, sort of centuries. Um, so it's nice to look back and go to this, this scale and say, well, what's happening on our doorstep? What's happening every day?
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So back to Inverloch. Um, you've got the cradle set up. People can take photographs right now, mm-hmm. and there are instructions on there how to get those photographs to you. I assume.
3: Yes, yeah. So the um, the cradle was installed on the tenth of December, and we've had about one photo every day since it's been put in, but. On days like Australia Day, or you know, when everyone's at the coast, um, we've had upwards of eight photos on one day, so it's been great. Fantastic. Have but
0: people been fairly respectful in what they've sent you, or have you had some people?
4: Oh, there
1: you go. <laughs>
3: Just checking.
1: Now it'll happen. <laughs> yes, it
3: will. <laughs> the, the cradle's positioned far enough away from, so you can't get too many details of what's um,
1: in the foreground. Yes, it it yes.
3: <laughs> well, what, what
1: might be in the foreground. Yes. (laughs) So plans for cradles to go up anywhere else?
3: Yes. So uh, working with DELP now to expand it across Victoria. Um, So we're looking at St Leonard's on the Bellarine Peninsula, uh, Port Ferry, which is another one of my priority sites, um, and somewhere around Apollo Bay as well. But the, the conversation's ongoing and I'm hoping to have as many as we can possibly get along the coast.
1: That sounds very exciting.
0: That's wonderful. We know we'll get a lot of people listening to this program who'll be wanting to help you out and take part great
1: absolutely um, chloe thank you very much for coming in and joining us today so i um, dr chloe leach from the university of melbourne geography department talking about her citizen science project which is called coast snap thank
3: you very much and thank go you for to my
1: and get involved
0: <laughs> that brings us to the end of our program thanks to our other guests as well natalie Davy, um Fam shako uh who was down at lawn um brett who was in with dire of a cabin boy and uh, terry allen on the on the phone at the start of the program on next week's program um, Kate is going to be in, we're going to be talking about some coastal recovery work, Neil Blake who'll be talking about the Wooden Boat Festival which Brett mentioned um, teaches at Point Nepean Point Richards, Grey to Green Reef Restoration, Jeff Maynard will be in for his first Soundwave Saves the World segment as well Hi, this is Bron Burton. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.